After recently moving to Texas, Liz Hullett discovered that her new home had some previous tenants who were not ready to move out just yet. While the spirits seemed harmless at first, they began to get more and more bold the longer Liz stayed. Was this the spirits just having some harmless fun? Or was there something more malevolent at play? Find out more on this episode of The Podcast Nightmares Are Made Of. Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast Nightmares Are Made Of. I am your host, Jonathan Garcia, and today I am joined by another special guest who's here to tell us another true story about their experiences with the unknown. Special guest, please introduce yourself. Hello, hello. My name is Liz Hullett, and I have a spooky haunted house story for you today. Oh, Spooky Haunted House. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to hear your story. Um, But before we dig in, I'm curious, how long have you been into the supernatural? Um, A lot longer than my family probably wants to uh, admit. A long time, actually. I really fell in love with watching like Josh Gates's uh, Destination Truth show back in like 2003 before he ever did his other 500 shows and going out and searching for like any truth behind myths or mythical creatures or you know paranormal experiences was a tipping into the entertainment industry that I love and it wasn't happening to me right so I could watch it and it would be fine if I got scared, I would just turn off my TV and then go to sleep. So I've really been into like the X-Files. I don't know if that's because that was not really allowed in our house growing up. So it was a little <laughs> bit of the taboo that made it exciting. And then I just got hooked on the kind of what ifs of it all. And being in theater too, I think, you know, theaters are notoriously haunted places. So as I did more and more oh, theater yeah. throughout my life, you just keep hearing all these stories and it's really hard not to be intrigued by the truth of them or the legend of them, which then can even, I think, sometimes manifest into true happenings. Oh, no. It's funny. It's funny how you mentioned um, the X-Files because I've only ever seen two episodes of the X-Files and, you know, they're probably the most I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, and, but the thing is, I really enjoyed those episodes of the X-Files. Yeah. Um, the, the one was about the alien who just wanted to play baseball, right? That's all he wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. Oh, that's a sweet one. I know. That's like a, such a, it's not even a spooky one, but it's, it's a really good, yeah. well-acted uh, episode. That episode introduced me to Jesse L. Martin, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I didn't know, does, who also does musical theater. If you guys know, he does Rent. You know, he's also on Law and yeah. Order. Um, and yeah. but then also the one where it was like the creature who would um turn and shapeshift into like your worst nightmares. So like it was like a clown, and then like Freddy Krueger, and then like a bunch of things. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I I still to this day as an almost whatever old I person I am, kind of skip that episode. That's a little too 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 much for me i don't do the boggart thing like i need to know that you are one scary thing and you're not just gonna like make yourself even scarier as we go along the one x-files episode that really i mean it screwed with me for a long time i um now know that it was tony shalhoub before he did bunk but his shadow if you stepped in his shadow, you would like evaporate. And so you know how you see like those scar or like dark marks on sidewalks and you never really know where they come from? Oh, yeah. Those in this episode were people that just like evaporated because they stepped into his shadow and he was such a nice oh. guy. And you'd be like, no, 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 back up. And then they would step in and just like disappear. And it really screwed with me for a long time. And I've most people don't want to step on the cracks in the sidewalk for the like break your mother back legend. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm going nowhere near anyone's shadows for like of an, a really embarrassing long amount of time after that episode for how old I was when I saw it. <laughs> no, no, that makes total sense. And that's actually like that's really terrifying, actually. So, wow. Yeah, yeah I've never. Yeah, I have to watch that episode. And it was funny. So Tony Shalhoub, 
you're right. There, there's so many things out like old episodes of TV shows or old movies I watch and it'll just be like, where did he come from? It's because now you recognize him from Monk and he's just like, he's like, he was like in so many little bit parts and so many things yeah. before Monk. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The X-Files was like the law and order of its age. And there's something too, I would be remiss in my feminism if I didn't say like watching Gillian Anderson in that show was so empowering as a preteen girl who liked weird things. <laughs> like she's tiny, oh, yeah. but she's going to have big shoulders and awesome suits. And she's going to put Mulder in his place all the time. And it was really <laughs> fantastic to watch. Um, even in this science fiction environment, just like a woman have that kind of, of power and tenacity and, you know, they like alluded to that romantic relationship later on into it, but it it didn't become such a big thing until she was really rooted as a really fleshed out character, which I appreciated. I could that's talk awesome. X-Files all day, yeah, but that's, that's not really, why really we're cool. here. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, leading to like the X-Files and talking about you know, those types of things that really scared you, especially like that one episode where, you know, with Tony Shalhoub and the shadows of the, you know, the disappearing people for you, what scares you the most? All right. Well, all of my enemies now will have this information. It's funny growing up. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I really considered myself extremely fearless and, um, What's funny is how much that has changed since I got married and had a child. And now like my mm -hmm. greatest fear is the someone I love being in pain or losing someone I love. Whereas before it was like, I don't know, big ass spiders or when I moved to Texas, cockroaches. <laughs> that was a whole new level of fear unlocked when I opened a drawer and there was a giant cockroach and being from the Midwest, you don't just like happen upon them in your life ever. So yeah, I think, oh, wow, this could get really deep. I think that like, uh, uh, my biggest fear is losing someone I love, but also like a life unrealized, because I don't know what the next step is. Like, after we pass, oh, yeah. is that it? Or do we get like, the reincarnation mm. or do we get like a different plane or do we get a different realm or a different type of kind of consciousness and so mm -hmm. i really like to believe that maybe this isn't like my one shot but that's also mm -hmm. pretty frightening to think about too deeply <laughs> no for sure and i i 1000% agree with you after having a kid um i there there it's really hard to watch movies even like with where yeah. kids are hurt or kids are abandoned things like that it it really does change you know i used yeah. to be a, a hard guy right and so <laughs> so like you know i was like you know just a little tough dude nothing got to me and then i see like like that one episode of dexter his wife spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen you know dexter in the last 20 years since it aired um but uh <laughs> <laughs> but or his wife is killed and her, her son is just laying laying in like the puddle of her blood like it's just like whoa it's like i stopped watching dexter that was the yeah. first time i was watching dexter and i stopped i was like i can't watch past this episode i can't get over yeah. this like i i used to fall asleep to unsolved mysteries like that was my lullaby music in my headphones at night and now i'm like we get into like a young woman cursed by the nope we're done Thank you. I will turn on some <laughs> delightful frog rainforest sounds and not inflict, but like Bigfoot shows I can do. So like Expedition Bigfoot, still the mythical creatures I can do a lot better than like true crime these days because true yeah. crime is true. <laughs> And I'm not equipped to deal with that yet. I, you know, as a parent. Yeah. I can still do the true crime for sure. I can still do the true crime. Um, it, you know, it's still a whole lot of fun for me there. I had to do the true crime with a comedy though. So like my favorite murder or small town murder, like those things where there's some comedy you sprinkled in, you know, but if it's yeah. just like, and he killed 47 people, like if it's all like that kind of really serious stuff, I'm just like, ah, come on guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it depends on what it is too. So like white collar crime, like tax evasion by billionaires, I'm all in or like Russian 
spy crimes from 40 years ago. Okay, I can dissociate enough from that. But like the small child down the street disappeared after school. Nope, absolutely not. Doesn't happen ever. Can't, can't compute. (laughs) Thank you. Nope. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? I am ready to hear what your nightmares are made of. Whenever you're ready, take it away. Okay, so this is a story that it was about 10 years ago, the second place I lived in Texas. I moved here with a man that I thought I loved, and then things fell apart. And so this was my first living situation after splitting from him. And so I'm just throwing money at the situation. Like, I need cheap. I need as safe as possible in this college town in Texas. And I need it fast. So. So many red flags, but not as many as the relationship that I just left. So I just jumped in, like threw my money at the rent and it was fine. Um, The woman that lived there before me had two big dogs, um, like kind of pit type dogs that had the really thick, hard tails. Mm -hmm. And they would wag their tails so ferociously in this apartment thing that by the time I moved in, like down the hallway, there was like little droplets of blood at the same height, like down both sides of the hall, because the dogs would run down and their tails would hit it so hard that it was like, it would bleed, apparently, she told me. So that was my introduction to this. <laughs> and it was like, oh, wow, a little commune, almost, it wasn't an apartment complex, it was like individual houses, but they were all the same. And they were all like two bedroom little, like commune things. And they had tiny little yards in them. But then there was like, mine was one away from the street. So it was tucked back. And but again, it was mine. I was alone. I was away from it all. I was like, new start. And the landlord couldn't have cared less. Never met them. It was all online. It was all like, show up and go see the person that lives there now. And they'll show you the place (laughs) and then drive to this address and drop your check. Was it like through the like mail slot every month? (laughs) Was it like one of those Craigslist ones? I don't even remember where I found it. Honestly, it, it was 2014, 15. So it was right on the cusp of like Craigslist was still okay ish and things hadn't really progressed away yeah. from paper so fully for people that were still like owning these properties, right? It was so super shady. Yeah. Like you no, know, yeah, those Craigslist things always tripped me out. Like whenever someone said, Yeah, I found this place on Craigslist or I found my roommate on Craigslist, I'm like, This is a recipe. You're gonna end up on one of those my right. favorite murder episodes. That's what's gonna happen. Exactly. You know, it's, it's you know, exactly, just- <laughs> exactly. But for the price that it was, I don't even remember. It was probably, I mean, maybe five hundred dollars a month, and it was two bedrooms. Oh, so yeah. it was fully oh, yeah. like that. That's how much my first apartment was in Dallas. Yeah, yes, and I came from the Midwest. Five hundred dollars a month, and it was a shady, shady yeah. place. Yeah, like my, I was on the second floor. My floor on the second floor was warped. <laughs> Like the whole, like f- the living room, and it was just, it was like a fun house oh whenever you walked into from the bedroom to the living room. No. But it was $500. I was, I was doing an internship, so I wasn't getting paid jack. Yeah. I dealt with and it. And this was up in Denton, so the college town, right? And it was like, oh, yeah. Everything's mm-hmm. pretty cheap and like just above legal standards of tenant like law. So, And from the Midwest, like everything was kind of financially okay. But then I came from California where it was a nightmare. A two bedroom apartment was like $2,700. So I'm again, just throwing money at the situation Mm -hmm. and I show up and there's blood on the walls. (laughs) And what she didn't show me when I toured the place, and she was a lovely human being. She was very kind. um, But was that the rug in the living room was covering a hole that her dogs had Doug ate in the vinyl flooring. So I went to move in and I was like, there's a, like, there's a giant, not an abyss. That's an exaggeration, but like a three inch hole in the flooring of the living room. That was probably like three, three feet around. Wow. Luckily I had enough crossover to get them to fix that. And they were like, you can paint whatever you want. Like we really could care less what you do to this place. Just give us our money. Yeah. So I was like, cool, I'll paint it. I'll make it cozy. I'll paint over the blood on the walls. Um, (laughs) And so that is when I had my first experience. (laughs) Shocker. 
so I was there one night after work. So it was late. Um, it wasn't quite dark yet, but like dusky. And of course I'm tucked back. So there was not a ton of natural light that came into any of the rooms whatsoever. And I'm painting my bedroom and I'm listening to music. It was like Mumford and Sons, like the most white girl experience you can get post breakup. And I am, I dip down to put more paint on the brush. And as I stand up, I see my brain goes, oh, there's a man in the doorway. And then my brain goes, oh, right. You called to have your internet set up. And then my brain goes, it is past five o'clock, not on the day when it was scheduled and the front door is locked. And so I look over and there is nobody there. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. But I could have drawn the outline of this man, right? Like six foot three, four, pretty dang tall, cowboy hat, like brought, like filled the doorway. Yeah. So I finished that wall and then went home. Like five gallon hat? Like. I'm not from Texas. I don't know what that means. Like, oh, oh, so it had, you know, like a, like a cowboy, like a Stetson, like the old timey Stetson. That's like really tall, like a curious George hat. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like, yeah. Or, or, you know, just like a a normal normal cowboy cowboy hat, hat, you know, normal cowboy hat. So not like, okay. Okay. Wait. Oh, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like that would kind of date possibly this person. Yeah, exactly. But no, it wasn't, I don't think it was that far back and it, Later on, some of the feelings I got indicated possibly Hispanic. And I have absolutely no context for that, except that, like, I have always been open to receiving any sort of intuition or information that might come up. Um, I in no way think that I am, like, psychic or can talk to the dead or anything like that. But I've... Mm -hmm always been incredibly intuitive and so as I experienced other things in the house it always just kind of felt like a Hispanic family was there okay but I, again I have absolutely no context whatsoever to put to that except that's what my brain kept telling me this is the fun and the crazy sounding well, part you know, of it <laughs> when, when it comes to no 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 not at all like it makes total sense because when you get that kind of feeling and you, and you start making a connection with the spirits, it's very often that they're going to give you clues or they're going to connect to you in a way where you can feel them in a way that where you can sense who they are as people while they were living. Yeah. And so you you can't explain it. Sometimes you're like, oh, they had blonde hair. But really all you saw was like a white figure. But you just you just yes, felt it. I, and so that, that makes total I sense. I like to equate it to like you're standing in line at the grocery store, right? And someone comes up behind you and stands in line waiting for their turn. And without turning around, I think a lot of us, more than we would think, because we don't actually do this often, but next time it happens, like, Sit there and just take a moment to be like, how big does this person feel? How tall do they feel? How close are they to me? Like our tuition is better than we think it is. Um, It's just how often do we exercise it or how often do we really let ourselves be aware of it? And so that's a lot of the kind of feelings I got in this place was um, there's somebody near me Mm -hmm. and I can feel how they are filling up space. Yeah. And that's how I'm understanding where they are in the room because of that awareness of the world around me being different in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after you saw this person, what else happened? Um, so I, I love moving. Nobody says that, but I really actually do. And thankfully I've done it enough to where I don't really love it anymore. But, um, at that point, I loved moving. I loved resetting things. I loved unpacking. I loved organizing all of those things. Um, and so it was very strange to me that when I moved in, I could not picture where I wanted everything. And this was probably my 10th move in eight years. I mean, like I had to go back to my Amazon shipping addresses to fill out repl- rental applications because I couldn't remember where I lived <laughs> the past like three <laughs> places. So it just struck me as weird. I was like, wow, that's really strange. I always have such a good idea of what I want things to look like. I I like to decorate and paint and organize things, but I was really, I just kept moving things around and nothing felt right. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time unbeknownst to me, but the first of many times that I would just feel kind of 
muddled and confused and not like in charge of my thoughts there. Mm -hmm. So as I was setting things up, there was a clear like, this is your bedroom. And there's a second bedroom and I was so excited about it. I was going to have like a cute little reading nook and I was going to do yoga in there all the time. I only went in there to clean the cat box and I was there for a year and a half. I hated going in that room. Hmm. I had like one chair in there and the cat box and like I hated cleaning. I hated going in that room and I don't, I have no idea why. Um, and then a friend came over and she's also someone who is very open to the possibility of the paranormal and things happening and, and pretty intuitive also does theater and stuff. So we'd done shows before and talked about like spooky theater stories. Mm -hmm. And she came over and my couch was under a window that looked over this tiny little yard outside. I mean, it was like the size of the room I'm in right now. And we were sitting on the couch and we were talking and the window was in between us and it got dark and it had become standard practice to me to just close the blinds when it got dark. Not because of any safety reasons as a woman living alone, but because it always felt like someone was leaning on the windowsill, looking through the window, mm. and it felt like that man. The same man from your previous one? The same man from the doorway, yes. It felt like when I moved in, he moved outside, but he was still very much there, like okay. always looking in the window when I was on the couch. So I said nothing to my friend. All I did was like, oh, it's dark out. And I closed the blinds. And she looks at me and she goes, thank God, because that man leaning into the window was creeping me out. And I was like, what? Full stop on our conversation. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck did you hear? See, think, feel what is going on? So she, um, I had absolutely said nothing to her. And she was like, it felt like there was somebody leaning into the window, like listening to our conversation. And I was like, Oh, okay. I know I'm a little crazy, but I thought I was real crazy. And you're helping me think that maybe there's just actually stuff going on. So soon thereafter, of course, I moved the couch away from the window and it was not underneath that window anymore. So she was saying, so was she saying that she saw somebody like actually, or did she say that she felt somebody because you say that she's open it. to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, it from the context I got from her, it felt, it seems like it was that same kind of feeling of someone taking up space. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it, it felt like, like who's looking in the window? Like you just kind of know, like, you know, there's a squirrel outside and it catches your eye or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was that same occupation of space near us that felt very encroached upon oh yeah and, but the fact so that she like so said gross. that man is was creeping mm -hmm. me out that's mm -hmm. like holy crap like she yeah. had that exact same feeling that you were having there was that connection there so it's obviously the same type of entity that you guys were both feeling um that's crazy yeah and strong too like i mean you hear stories of people going in and being like i feel like there's a spirit here it could be male, it could be a female, but like within less than a month for two independent people without talking to each other to be like, this man mm -hmm. here, here in this time, like 500 foot square radius space. Um, incredibly validating, but also incredibly uh, Did it ever feel like... But he hadn't done anything, yeah, right? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, did he? Did it ever feel like he was malicious or mischievous, or did he ever feel like he was kind of just there? So he felt to me. So there were. He is one of three specifics, and then there was kind of a general thing also. Okay. Um, he felt like not malicious, but. Um, not ma malicious to me, uh, kind of pulls up like demonic, mm -hmm. right? So nothing malicious or like I'm out to hurt you, but like lady, you're in my house. Mm -hmm. And also very, um, machismo, right? Like, like he's a man, he is a man and you are a woman alone in my house. And what are you doing here? Mm. And I need to keep an eye on you because you need to know that this is my space yeah. And I still have or am grappling for like control over it. Yeah. So it wasn't, it definitely wasn't comfortable, but 
Um, I never ran out screaming, but I did leave a couple times. Well, <laughs> well what's caused the, those occurrences? Yeah. So I, um, I would call it swirly and that's, I still use that term sometimes. Like, uh, my husband and I like to go to like old historic places. We got married in like an old uh, historic village in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And there are certain spots that I say feels really swirly in here. Meaning like, it almost feels like you've walked into the middle of a party that you can't see. Like it's just, there's like a ton of stuff going on around you. Yeah. But you can't, you have no like visual or auditory concept of it. So there were times I would come home from rehearsal you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night and walk into my living room and it's nighttime. It's everyone's sleeping. It's quiet outside. And it felt like a cast party in my living room. (laughs) And sometimes I could say, and I would talk, I would talk to my house. I'd say things like, listen, I'm dead ass tired. You have to, you have Mm -hmm. to stop immediately. And sometimes it was too much to where I would be like, okay, you know what? I'm going down the street and I'm my friends are at this bar. I'm going to go for 30 minutes. You get three zero minutes to calm down. And then I'm coming home and I have to go to sleep and I want none of what's going on here. And I would go and I'd come back and it would feel quiet mm-hmm. and, and rested. So, yeah. So I would, there were a couple times that I would come home, kind of drop my bags and then head back out after giving them a time frame for when their party needed to end. <laughs> so what you're saying is like, obviously there was the man of the house. So would, were there other spirits there as well? Yeah. So after I moved in, he was outside all the time. Like I would park in the driveway and just, again, that that kind of filling of space of, okay, he's standing outside Mm -hmm. in the garden in the yard. And I never associated any sort of name for him. There was a pretty big kitchen as well. Um, And again, it was like the, one side of the house was fine. The other side and the kitchen extended to that other side. And that's where the second bedroom was that I didn't want to go into. Um, and there was a woman only a couple of times, little bitty, little bitty. And I'd go into the kitchen and just feel like, oh, I'm sorry. You are in the middle of cooking something. Mm. I will see myself out and go get a snack. She was fine. Like never... If I had to give it some sort of label, she felt more like a residual haunting, as they call it, where like she's just there doing her yeah. business and isn't necessarily aware of of me or the other realm mm-hmm. or whatever. And so that was always fine. I always um, she just felt very like dutiful. Yeah. And like always at work. And so I just kind of wanted to respect that, like. You are still getting it, so I will let you do your thing, and I will come back later. And then there was a little girl. Oh, no. And I loved her. <laughs> I loved her. No, she was, she was, I don't, I called her Hannah. She's the only one that I had a name for, whether she gave it to me, whether it just was helpful for my brain to associate. But Again, I did a lot of theater and then I had a job outside of the house because it was before COVID. So I get ready in the morning, right? Hair, makeup. And it felt like a little girl about waist high would sit and watch me as I was getting gussied up. Always when I was getting ready to go somewhere, when I was getting like prepared. And it felt like a little sister watching her older sister put on makeup and do her hair. She was she was fine. She didn't do anything like mean or crazy she wasn't like the ring girl or anything and there was one time I think I think it was her um but I was sitting on the couch and I felt what I thought was one of my cat's tails or whatever like brush against my legs and so I looked down to pet them and there was no cat there but cats are fast I like to be a little skeptical (laughs) and so I went looking for them and they're both dead asleep in the back bedroom with the door closed (laughs) and I was like "Mm, okay that was not a cat. That was not a cat. Yeah. And it was the only time I felt physically touched by anything. Um, but Hannah was sweet. And it felt like she and the woman and this man were related. Like maybe this mm-hmm. had been their family home at some point. But again, that was just my intuition and absolutely no research or I looked, I tried to Google like where we were in the area. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. So 
I didn't yeah. go like library hopping or anything, but that was going to be my next question was, did you like look up anything like, and I, I was going to say, I would have been pretty shocked if you hadn't, because it sounds like, I mean, I think any normal person with the amount of activity that you were seeing would have, you know, done some research. It's trying to find yeah. some answers to who these people were who may have lived in this house prior to, um, it sounds like there was a lot of activity in this house. Like it was pretty active. It was a active. lot. Yeah. And it got worse. <laughs> it got worse um, the longer I was there. Right. So I, and it's so interesting to hear people talk about like their theories of paranormal activity. And they talk mm -hmm. a lot about like liminal spaces and how places where there's a lot of transition can be catalysts for paranormal activity. So you think about like bridges and borders and um, like preteen girls going through puberty. And uh, one of my, there's, <laughs> and the nerdiest sentence I think I'll say tonight, uh, don't hold me to that. Like one of my favorite paranormal couples talks about how like you never see a Midwestern housewife saying like, my house is super haunted. It's always someone who's living like in a mobile home or in a, um, in a period of big transition disruption in their life where they're not mm -hmm. really maybe stable. Yeah. And so I was in that, right. I was, I was leaving a relationship. I was in a new relationship that was not healthy at all. And so there was a lot of heightened emotions as well. And the longer I lived there, the weirder things got. If we're, you know, like cute little girl watching me do my makeup, man outside, sure, stay there, swirly house, have a party, I'll come home later. Then it became things like I woke up one night screaming and my first conscious thought was, that's not my voice. And the scream that was coming out of my voice, like I couldn't replicate it if I tried, not like in a weird demon way, but like that is yeah. a different woman's voice. Wait, so that was coming out of your mouth? Yes. So I woke up sitting up and you know, like as you're waking up from a nightmare that you can't remember, Yeah, I was in that transition transition space of I was in this nightmare and now I'm waking up back into Liz, but the scream coming out of my mouth was not my voice. What? And like the minute I fully woke up and like had that thought of like, that's not my voice. I remember just like clamping my mouth shut and just sitting in bed and being like. So was it just like. And then it's like, do you get up? Do you leave? Do you. Move? So was it just like a guttural. Just sit there and I just put the covers yeah, back over my yeah, head. Yeah. Yeah. So was it just like a guttural scream? Was it voices? Yeah. Like, or like the words? Like what? Yeah. It was just, it was just screaming. So it wasn't, it wasn't talking. It wasn't words. It wasn't any information. It was just like a fear based scream but it is not how I scream and it just and it wasn't even what struck me was that I didn't wake up thinking who's screaming or why am mm. I screaming my first thought was that's not my voice yeah so like do you remember anything before that happening any bad dreams any like hearing something nothing you just no. snapped that did you were you do you remember seeing any like a do you remember having like a normal dream or just you're black it's like one of those sleeps where you're just black you go you close your eyes you wake up the next morning or in this case you wake up screaming yeah with no yeah, yeah with no night. recollection yeah. of you know yeah, in between nothing. Nothing. And I'm a really lucid dreamer, right? So I have dreams from years ago that I remember as vividly as if I watched a movie. Yeah. This night was totally black. I got nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing. And that was also unsettling, right? Because usually with my nightmares, I can wake up and be like, oh, I dreamed that I was in the middle of this Armageddon thing and I mm -hmm. was hiding with my cats under a stairwell and that was spooky <laughs> and I didn't like it. But yeah, I had no information other than that wasn't my voice. That's wild. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. And that was the first time I was like, this house isn't that's a lie. That was not the first time I was like, this house isn't great. Um, that was the first time I was like, this house is a, maybe a little bit more Yeah bad than I thought it was. To me that what that and kind of escalate from there. Yeah. Well, to, for to me, that kind of sounds like someone may have entered you 
and completely took over you or you and your persona and was maybe having a conversation because this there's have been reports of this type of thing happening where you get possessed you don't know that you are possessed right you don't know that this spirit has entered you and then you are maybe that spirit while they were within you was conversing with another entity within the house they got into an argument they forced them out of you and you woke up as that was happening. Yeah, I mean, everything is on the table right now, which is the most disconcerting part of that. And again, if we think back to like the liminal spaces theory, sleep is like the ultimate liminal space. Oh, You're yeah. in the middle of like dead or alive, like conscious or not, like what's happening when we sleep is such a huge scientific discussion. And so to be that vulnerable and to wake up feeling like you are not representing yourself was not fun. <laughs> no, no, no. That yeah, that's yeah. That's crazy. Um and so you you mentioned that this was like the first moment where you felt like this was more than just a couple of ghosts in your house, you know, chilling out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I that was uh, very memorably the first instance of like I don't think I should be here long-term. And then it was probably a month or maybe a little longer than that. So it wasn't like Amityville where this all happened in like five days time. Mm -hmm. This is over a year and a half. So I felt I had, I had read a book to fall asleep and I was drinking some red wine. I had a little bit left over and it was on my side table and I'm asleep in my bed, same bed, same place. And I wake up to glass breaking. And at this point I'm like, woman living alone. I don't have a baseball bat. Like who's breaking into my house, right? But it was my wine glass and it was across the room. So hmm. when you walk into the room, like you're facing the bed. And so my side table was, you know, across the room and it had shattered next to the door across the entire room. And so I wake up and I sit up and I'm looking and it's just broken glass on the floor and the red wine is dripping down the wall because it had hit it like two two and a half feet up and again i'm like these dang cats gosh <laughs> bless them so again i get up and i go in the living room and they're both dead asleep in the living room and i have no idea how even for like a cat to throw or to get a wine glass across like a seven eight foot room Mm -hmm. with enough veracity to shatter it in the middle of the night is pretty gymnastic. Yeah. But they were dead asleep. Like they weren't even hiding. Yeah. So that was the second time I thought, I don't want to be here as long as I thought I would. <laughs> um, and it's so interesting when you're in the middle of it, like you take it in stride because you kind of have to, mm -hmm. to a point. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of options. For sure. What would you do in that instance? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in, in your situation, <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to sit and, and bear it, you know, at that point in time. And it, it sounds like the more that you were in this house, the more that these entities were feeding off of your living spirit, your energy, and gaining more power. So it sounded like it was slowly turning into a poltergeist. Um, and so that, that would be my theory as to what was happening. Yeah. It again, definitely possible. And like I mentioned earlier, like I was in a bad relationship, a lot of heightened emotions. So there a was lot a of lot of negative energy to feed to off of use and pick up on. And yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so after that, pretty soon after that, a month or so, I actively started looking for a new place to live and, that's when everything got really bad. Not during the day. Like the day got weirdly calm. No more like moving objects, except for cockroaches, but no more moving objects. No more like seeing people out of the corner of my eye. But I had the same recurring nightmare every single night for probably the next three months until I moved. And it mm. was me in my bedroom and it wasn't a dream bedroom. You know, you're like, oh, it's my bedroom, but not my real bedroom. It was this bedroom. Yeah. And it was 
like dozens of people. There were two windows in that bedroom, dozens of people like clamoring at the window to try to look in on me while I slept. And I, I hate this part, especially now in my life. But like I had a full awareness every night that they were hiding baby dolls in the walls. Mm. I don't know. I don't even and not like actively doing it. Like I just knew that when I woke up, I was going to see dozens of people standing at my windows watching me sleep and that there were baby dolls like bricked up in the walls of this house. And I had this nightmare every single night, the same nightmare over and over and over again. I didn't watch anything. I didn't see a movie. I didn't read a book. Like I was in my, I'm going to get out of this other terrible relationship and everything's going to be better era of my life. Like (laughs) meditation, Rupi Kapoor, like all the things. And it was awful. It was awful. I was exhausted. It was so scary. And I didn't know where all these other people had come from. Right. Like it was a cute little girl that watched me do my makeup and a dude that hung out outside. And now all of a sudden like legions of (laughs) people standing outside my room every night while I sleep. Yeah. And so did you ever feel the, um, that kind of presence, like that, that kind of amount of spirits, I I would say within your house or was it only while you were dreaming? Only when I was dreaming, I never felt them inside. Um, and it became that kind of cliche, like I'm afraid to go to sleep and I would just lay there and just be like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. But I know the minute I fall asleep, I'm just going to be watched all night. I'm so tired. Well, see, that's the kind of mental. It's almost like being a parent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that honestly, that's the kind of mental games that, you know, these kind of spirits do play, especially when they know that they have you, right? They know that you know that they're there, you know, and especially since it starts, it also sounds like they've already started attempting um to kind of manipulate and take over you but your willpower was too strong and so they have to weaken you somehow and so you're they're playing those mind games getting you weaker and weaker and weaker until you are too weak to fight back um that's crazy so it's 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 interesting it happened when i actively started looking for a new place right mm mm-hmm Yep. Um, it's the thing of like, oh, okay, you're here and we can keep using you, feeding off you, whatever. Exactly. They didn't want to lose that source. <laughs> they didn't want to lose that connection yeah. to the living yeah. world that they had built over time. They didn't want to have to yeah. start back from the beginning. Yeah, right. And so when yeah. you left. So I finally found. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I left, I the same friend. <laughs> Bless her for continuing to come back. Oh, I forgot this part until this very moment. I had another friend come visit me in the middle of all of this. And I had kind of told her stories of like, my place is a little bit weird. Ha ha ha, ghosts. <laughs> um, she was in my house for maybe 20 minutes. And she was like, I have to go. I have such a bad headache. And I cannot think straight to even like have a conversation with you right now. Mm-hmm. I have to go. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've... Enneagram sevened my way past this with all the optimism and light in my heart. But now lots of people are confirming that this is probably an issue. So I found a new place. I was super excited about it. And my friend, the one that had sat on the couch with me and said, you know, thank goodness she closed the blinds for that dude, helped me move. And I remember we were just trucking things into the U-Haul. I mean, just, it just, just put it in, put it in. We'll figure it out when we get there. And I was, it was running. I was ready to go. And she, she comes out and she's like, what about the welcome mat? I was like, leave it. I don't even want to come back one more time. Like, just get in the truck. We're going. And so we left the welcome mat. And my biggest regret is that the, I had the same experience that the gal who gave me the tour did was right. I put in my notice and they're like, great. Mm-hmm. Sent me an email or call, called me. I don't remember which said the new tenant perspective is going to come take a walk through and it was this very nice dad with his like daughter who was maybe four or five Mm -hmm. and so I'm giving him the tour and I'm just happy that like okay as soon as someone takes over this lease I can get out of here like do I tell him I want to scare this kid like maybe it's fine yeah and halfway through the tour she starts going hi 
hi over his shoulder to nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's so yeah. funny. Who are you talking to? And she just would laugh. She wouldn't answer him. And I was like, okay, I feel like a terrible person, but it, this is kind of self-preservation at this point, And maybe they're not open to things like this, but it seems like maybe she is, but also here's a yeah. welcome mat for you. I gotta go. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a welcome at yeah. for all of your new ghost friends. Yeah. Welcome to whatever you experience here. <laughs> Bye. Man. Sorry about it. And so once you left that house, everything stopped. It did. Although hilariously, I was moving into my new place and I put a box on the closet shelf. Yeah. And it hit some like something moved. Like clearly there was something up there. And so I you know, it's high up. I can't see. So I stick my hand up and I pull down what looks like an 1800s machete. I will text you a picture of this later once I find oh, it. I still have it. Oh my God. Um, but it's like there are no nails. It's all just like it's old. It's old AF. And it's the handles like this long. I don't know, like 12, 16 inches. And then like a curved metal blade on it. What? <laughs> and I was like, are you? kidding me i just if left this, place this haunted, place. I'm lose my mind it was not haunted <laughs> just left it at least now i have a ghost weapon I know. the, the um, holy machete no no ghosts no ghosts yeah there you go no ghosts in the next place um other just weaponry there, but no no ghosts just weapon just weaponry and terrible exes but um no no deceased spooky people showing up. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, th- that's a good sign that, you know, your willpower, yeah. you know, fought these entities and, you know, we were able to reject them because I, I, I'm not a, you know, a studied demonologist. I, you know, I, I know what I know about, you know, these things I have studied it, but you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm no Zach, back whatever the heck his name is from ghost adventures um arguably i don't think he's a studied demonologist <laughs> either i just think he incredibly believes what he believes oh, which is entertaining but go on <laughs> but from what i'm from what i'm sensing is that that's my opinion as to what had happened that night that you woke up screaming and it was an attempt to attach themselves to you so because that's what they do when whenever they they feel like they have a connection, they want to hold on to that connection, and so they will attach themselves to a person. And no matter where this person goes, they are now attached to you. They will follow you wherever you go. And it's hard to get rid of them once they have that attachment without any sort of like intervention, whether it be a religious intervention or some sort of ritual, uh, voodoo, hoodoo, or even. Um, pagan ritual uh so it 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 really is good that you know that did not happen and you you moved forward um to another house that all that activity stopped yeah i have a question for you am i allowed to ask you questions of course cool okay so i'm curious do you think all entities or spiritual presences have that ability or do you feel that there's like a differentiation between ones that can utilize the human body and persona and ones that are more like landlocked or site specific. It really depends. Like you mentioned, you mentioned before that you felt like the mother was a residual spirit. There are those spirits who just, they recreate what they did in their life and that's all that they do. But then there's those spirits who are mm-hmm. smart they're, they're, you know, intelligent spirits mm-hmm. as what they're called. And so they know what's happening around them. They learned what's happening around them and they interact with these people. Those, those spirits can do that kind of thing. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to yeah. be demonic, right? It doesn't need to be a very powerful kind of entity. It can be a normal spirit finding a way to attach itself to somebody to have that connection with the world. Again, I'm not a studied demonologist. I'm just going by what I have learned in my years of yeah. passerby study. <laughs> 
a yeah. layman's a layman's opinion. I think opinion. it's interesting to yeah. I think honestly in the world of paranormal we're all pretty layman. We until we get to that part of our plain existence the next step. <laughs> um but I think it's interesting to think too about like what if they also don't know what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So what if it's just somebody who is existing in a different plane or a different realm, but in the same space? And like, who's to say that when we, I don't know, recite Poe or say a poem or do some sort of like good spell for money or whatever, whatever your belief system is, like that kind of ritual, how does that affect the other side? And how does that show up to them? And is what they're doing as like a first time dead person affecting us in a way that we think is really spooky and scary, but really mm-hmm. they just don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to like, I don't know they're playing, they're playing their version of bloody Mary and it made me wake up screaming. Like it's interesting yeah. to think about how these things could be impacting each other without the, the lens of fear sometimes, even though it's incredibly terrifying to live through. <laughs> <laughs> It is, you know, as someone who is still amongst the living, you know, that that unknown factor as to what happens for sure after we have passed on. But the thing is, you have to have some sort of faith in an afterlife to really find yourself in tune with the afterlife, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, And so... What happens after we go is still a mystery to us, but for people who have experienced this kind of, you know, paranormal activity, it kind of, while it is terrifying, it does kind of give you hope that once this yeah. is all gone, there's something afterwards. Yeah. I do hope we get to pick where we haunt. <laughs> if we have to haunt something, though, because <laughs> I don't want to go back there. I don't want to become a part of that one. I don't want to be a face in the window of the next person living there. You know, as one of those things say, it's not always a choice. You know, usually you, when you pass yeah. on and you're haunting someplace, it's usually because you have unfinished business in that area, whether it is with a family member, right? You weren't ready to say goodbye or there was something extremely violent yeah. that happened um, and you were angry and want vengeance so it really depends we that for that as far as what i know we don't have any say if we become a spirit uh how we haunt where we haunt it's just where we have the strongest emotional connection um at the time of our passing Mm um yeah well liz thank you so much i appreciate your story um, crazy, crazy. Stuff. I'm so glad that you're still here with us. You are healthy. You're happy. <laughs> you got a little baby. And, um, I do, I do. yes, <laughs> but thank you again, Liz. I appreciate your time. And until next time, my friends stay scary. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Music. Please rate and leave a review. It really helps small podcasts like mine grow. Follow me on Facebook at Mr. Sugar School so you don't miss out on any updates. Until next time, stay scary, friends.